Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. This is Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast. And on this, the last podcast of, well, not the 2018 season, but the Indians 2018 season, it's over now. Um, we're going to just basically talk about that. The ALDS happened. It wasn't very fun at all. Um, you can turn off the lights on the 2018 season for the Indians now. I wasn't expecting to do back-to-back um, <laughs> an end of the 2018 regular season podcast and then an end of the, the postseason podcast, but that's what we're doing now. Um so joining me for that, of course, is Merritt Rolfing. Merritt, how you doing? I got to watch a minute and a half of this game today. Because <laughs> of that great scheduling time, right? This, There are so many disappointing things about this entire series. We're talking, about, of course, about the Indians' ALDS performance where they got swept. But chief among them is, I got to watch one whole game, and it was a Saturday afternoon game. And today, as the Indians' season ended, I was picking up heavy cream and cheese and pizza <laughs> dough and beer. Actually, I think I, I think I'd realized it was already over because it was already 10 to two or something like that. I was like, well, what's the point? So I just bought a bunch of beer and went home. Anyway, that's how, that's how, that's how the season ended for me, Matt, but it was very, just very irritating. <laughs> I don't know if it's better or worse than the rest of us, what we had to watch. No, that was pretty bad. I, I, and, I, I, I was able to tune in this and that, and you know, a couple times during work because I happen to have TBS, you know, so I could use my phone to watch it for a minute or two here. But like, what is the point? How are you? How is this marketing? How is this marketing the sport if you're playing playoff games at one thirty in the afternoon? Like, there's time. Play it at four thirty, so you can at least have to watch half the game. What they don't play night games anymore? What is this? Well, there's games all day today. There's one thirty, four thirty, and seven thirty. Well, play them at the same time. Yeah, People right. don't want to watch all the games. No one wants to watch seventeen hours of baseball. No psychopath wants to watch that much baseball. I'm sorry, <laughs> I like this sport, but on opening right. day, I'll watch two, maybe three games, including the Indians game. And other than that, like Jesus Christmas. Yeah, you know the worst part about um, the fact that they put the Red Sox and Yankees at every primetime game is. Mm-hmm. The Indians kind of proved them right with how they played and how the series turned out. Because yeah. like the Red Sox Yankees have the highest since I think it was like two thousand eight or something. The ratings were huge. Yeah. And then the Indians, like imagine if this was primetime. That that seemed like a waste. These three games the Indians were just dominated. So oh, they really wanted to at least like prove MLB wrong about mm-hmm. putting them so low, but turns out they were right. The Indians were not even close to the Astros and now it's over. I feel like such a moron. I was so excited for this series. Too. Like, oh, these pitching staffs are going to be great. And the Indians bolstered their lineup. And I said on actual terrestrial radio, I thought the Indians would take it in four. And so they just Ooh. got beaten to death in three. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it wasn't – I mean, you missed the only good 
six innings the Indians had all yeah. series. The first six innings of this game, they were barely winning it, but it felt like a real game. Mm-hmm. Like the others didn't at all. Like Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole just completely oh. destroyed the Indians. But today they were at least able to hit and sort of look like an offense against Dallas Keuchel. Francisco Lindor bunted, which is really in, infuriating in such a game. He, he's the only one that hit, and then he came up with, mm-hmm. with two on, nobody out, and he bunts. And it was just the worst. I, I mean, it opened the scoring, but but clearly they're going to need more than one run to beat the the Astros, who just scored 11 on them. So so giving away that out felt really dumb, especially for uh, Lindor, when he homered later, too. So I, I missed Car- uh, Carrasco's start last year because I was at a wedding, so at least I got to watch that one. And he was really good, too, and it's just... Oh, the bullpen, so many things just went so badly. The lineup just took a took the wrong week off. Like you said, Lindor not hitting. No, Lindor was the only one hitting. I, I'm, I'm sorry, only Lindor hitting. Excuse me. Sorry. Oh, yeah. oh God. <laughs> I was going to say, how dare you do my boy Lindor like that? The only offense of the entire team. Jan Gomes getting a hit. Yandy Diaz getting a hit. Not playing Yandy Diaz in favor of. I, can't, I don't remember who said. I don't even know where I read it. One of you other let's go try writers said it somewhere. Just it, it would be so absurd and hilarious if they re-signed Melky Cabrera at the end of the day during the offseason. Like, oh, I'm terrified of that happening. Oh, it's totally going to happen. I'm going to be so mad because what a what a oh my god, what a pointless player. Yeah, that's good a good him. way. He's yeah. made a lot of money in his career, and, and you know what? He's he's going to have the, the the MLB pension for playing for a decade. So good for him, but. Go away. Get out of here. Makes kicking motion. Everybody has their own little I told you so things. Mine is I, and mine and I know a few other people on Twitter is definitely Melky Cabrera because when he was hitting all those good when he was good for like a week mm-hmm. after the Indians brought him back, especially Mike Hattery was another one who was on it. Like the fact that he's hitting well. So he was hitting so well then was going to cost the Indians in October because they were just going to suddenly keep him on the roster Yeah, based on a few weeks in the regular season. And look what happened. Game two, he had a really bad defensive play. I feel like you and I talked about that like twice or three times just on this very show. Yeah, it's it's so. awful. It's <laughs> it really sucks. And they're gonna probably gonna bring him back. And Rajai Davis, sure, why not? It's weird that Melky wasn't even on the team yeah, all year long. They got rid of him at one point, and then it was like, ah, oh, come on back. Yeah, it's fine. We we need you back. So what good things happened? Let's think about this. Mike Clevenger looked really good in his playoff. It was his playoff debut, right? Yeah, it was his playoff starting debut. Oh, I think it was any debut at all. And he looked mm-hmm. very, very good. Most strikeouts of any Indians who, Indian in the history of their uh, playoff debut. So that's something. Yeah, that's right? That's it. <laughs> Lindor had a couple home runs, but I don't think he, overall like he didn't hit super well, did he? He just had a couple home runs. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he, what, he hit one a day, one the other day, and then just oh, Garrett. There were a couple of good defensive plays. Does that count? Josh Donaldson had one. Um, Jose Ramirez fell over and made a double play. That was good. Were we fooling ourselves into thinking that uh, Justin Verlander was the same Justin Verlander that they feasted on the last several years? Or, in fact, that Justin Verlander is, in fact, even a bad pitcher? <laughs> no, I still think... Against I think the he was bad against the Indians, the old Justin Verlander. This is just not the same Verlander that was on the Tigers. I'm not with Trevor Bauer that they're like cheating, yeah, but yeah. I think there's definitely something the Astros are doing, whether it's just something they found to get higher spin rates or just really good coaching. But mm-hmm. like they've taken Justin Verlander to another level yeah, where cheating. he, I don't, maybe he's just scouting something, but this isn't the same Justin Verlander. I think he, the Indians legitimately like had his number on the Tigers, but he's just not the same pitcher anymore. He's so yeah. good and he's so good in the postseason. Um, how much of that is sample size, though? How much are we again? How much are we tricking ourselves? I mean, it's not a small one. It's like every 
I don't know. It just seemed like every single bad game he had was against the Indians. Oh, so it almost right, doesn't seem like, I know it's a coincidence, probably in the, the grand scheme of things. You're right, but I hate the grand scheme of things. Why can't things go right in this small <laughs> scheme of things? Damn, that's what I want. Uh, the Astros are really good. I hope they win the World Series now. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. You don't normally like. Yeah, the last two years, the teams that beat the Indians. Obviously, in 2016, I really didn't want the other team to no, win the World definitely Series. Not. Still not but last year it was the Yankees. And I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing a, a repeat team this year. Um, and I also wouldn't see, mind seeing the Astros win at home. I looked it up just for the heck of it. I think it was since like 2013 when the Red Sox won. They won at home. Mm-hmm. That's also what I want. I want another team to win at home. Because the Red Sox, that was like their third World Series. Who cares? Yeah, they didn't. <laughs> well, I guess it's the Astros second in a row. But still like the Astros more than the, the Red Sox. So. Well, they got fun players. That Alex oh. Bregman, man. He turned into a superstar. My goodness gracious. Why can't the Indians... And, and it's really like... easy to say that they... What? That's all I'm saying. They need, they need more hitting. Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to say it's easy to say that they, they won just because they tanked, but you can really screw up a tank oh, job. Definitely. Real I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a, of a, of a current example right now that's been off the top of my I don't know. I don't think the Phillies have. The White Sox might be heading that Maybe. Game. I mean, one of their pitchers, as long as two of their pitchers hit and some of their hitters hit, um, they'll be okay. But I, I, like the Phillies, maybe. I don't know. The, the, the Phillies' timing may be really bad more than anything else, especially if the. Uh, Braves really just go kind of meteoric on this. Um, and if the Nationals actually spend some money and stick around, because that's a kind of a tough road to hoe right there. Same thing with the Marlins. I mean, I don't know. The Marlins are lost on the camp this year. <laughs> that's another level. Didn't the Marlins attempt, not the Marlins, the Phillies attempt one rebuild under Ruben Amaro Jr. at the very end, and then it completely failed? Like the whole Dominic Brown? Um, Sort of. I mean, they tried to plow in young players to kind of supplement the older guys they had, but one of those older guys was still Ryan Howard. I mean, we forget that he just left that team like a year ago. So, you know, he's been hanging around like a big old lead weight for a long, long time now. I'm trying to think of other, of other rebuilds that may have gone side. I don't know. The Angels kind of weird retooling this year, and they, and they ended up having a losing season again. I don't know. That's a, that's a tough one. Yeah, I guess you can also say they're one that's like stuck in the middle, and the Astros made the conscious decision to tank right, and try yeah. to get good draft picks, which is better than just sticking around the middle forever. I have read that the Reds' tech, quote-unquote tank is going poorly, but I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of figured they're still in the middle of things, and if any, if any time – is the right time to be bad in the NL Central. Right now is that time because you're the exact opposite of everyone else. So maybe they're doing everything right. I don't know. I guess, yeah. Are they intentionally still in the middle of being I don't know. bad, though? I mean, they had Hamilton. They had Joey Votto, yeah, who's like one of the Billy best Hamilton players. sucks. I mean. Well, I mean, they, they <laughs> he had a chance to be good, right? Well, Wasn't he, he sort of highly touted? He, he, he continues to be great defensively. Just his bat never turned around. They I would say, if anything, Hamilton is, along with Vada, was the last vestige of their previous good run, like when they had Bruce and um, who was uh, Cueto and uh, Homer Bailey and uh, who was who else was on that team? Madison Volquez was a pitcher on that team, I believe. And Bronson Royal was kicking around for a while. Uh, Brandon Phillips, you know that that whole team. Uh, Scott Rowland, yeah, that was Scott Rowland's kind of last hurrah. He, I mean, one of the problems yeah. there was Scott Rollins coming getting hurt. So, but yeah, you know, they're 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 in the so midst of another rebuild of some kind, I think. So to parlay this oh, into right. an Indians conversation, sort of, where do we think where do we think they are 
because um, this is a, this is a weird feeling after this game last year well in 2016 it was this team shouldn't have been here we made it this far this is really yeah. cool let's do it again last year seemed like the best indians team like ever that seemed like one of the best teams and they just failed and they everybody was coming back so like whatever just do it again next year but this year there's a lot of players leaving there's a lot up in the air it seems like like everybody's almost saying goodbye this time which is really weird well i mean there there's something to be said for that if only because of the guys who are going to be leaving who were such you know key aspects to the relatively recent run i mean i know michael brentley wasn't there in 2016 but he's also been a a stalwart for a long time now oh, cody allen's leaving I keep on forgetting that Jason Kipnis isn't leaving. I he still signs through like yeah, what twenty like, like nineteen or twenty twenty or something like. That. I keep on forgetting he's still going to be around. So, I mean, I mean that's the thing they are they are losing what their third best bet and they're losing a, a closer who used to be good. But I mean, realistically, beyond that, they're going to be just as good next year. And and I think I think everything that's the most irritating part. It's just. We just went through an entire season where we were just waiting for this, and then it just happened so quickly. And again, so few people even got to watch any games. Thanks, giant truck. Uh, <laughs> so few people even got to uh, just because they were on during the day. You know, like it's it's almost like I don't know. There's a very weird, empty feeling, kind of a weird. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's very strange because again, like obviously Josh Donaldson was only here for a second. Yonder Alonso will be here next year. Edwin Encarnacion is going to be back. Lonnie Chisenhall maybe is he back? I don't even. See, that's the thing. I don't even remember. No, I don't think so. I think he's gone. He's a free agent. Yeah. Okay. He's yeah. Gone. So, I mean, Brantley Chisenhall Santana's already gone. Um, again, Allen. The rest of the pitching. Uh, uh, Miller obviously, but the pitching staff's all. Yeah, the rotation's also. The Kluber's not. You know, Kluber's still there. Bauer looks like the, the, the next ace. Clevenger looked amazing. Nick Carrasco is still really good. We're still excited about um, Shane Bieber. So they're still going to have the same exact issues next year. And we're going to talk. We're going to. That's almost the most frustrating part, too, Matt. Is we're going to have the same conversations this winter as we did last last winter. Where what are they going to do about the outfield? Um, are they going to get another relief pitcher? And outside of Ramirez and. Um, Lindor, where is the core of the offense going to be? Yeah, and that's the cut. And I mean, arguably, this year they're going to have less money to work with because of all the arbitration going up. Right. Lindor is going to be, he's going to be so expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they still have some good deals around the team, but I don't know how they're going to replace, like, get a really great outfield. It all, it all makes missing Christian Yelich seem way huger now because the whole right field is gone. Lonnie Chisholm. Mm-hmm. Brandon Geyer, Melky Cabrera, God willing, they're all gone. Michael Brantley's gone. Center field, probably Bradley Zimmer, Greg Allen, and then one of them will shift to the other side, yeah. I guess. But they're going to have a lot of holes. They have technically like three center fielders because they'll have Leonis Martin, Greg Allen, and Bradley Zimmer, and then no corners. So it's going to be really difficult. Um, I can't imagine they'd have the money to sign Michael Brantley back now because how much has he built himself up? He's a legit free agent outfielder, I would think, right? No, exactly. And, and at this point, like I'll be honest, I just – I mean. I feel like they've squeezed the best out of them they can. Like, yeah, he was really, really good this year. But at what point do you want do you keep on rolling the dice on that too? I, I think you try. I figured a lot would give him a, what a qualifying offer because you have to, and you might take it, which suck. Which you know we might restrict him a little bit and hurt with the draft pick and everything like that. But at the same time, it's 
if he's healthy, the value he brings back is such that, you know, it'd be a worthwhile move. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, it, it, it does feel like an ending, but, but even though the faces are going to be so familiar next year, like you said, the money, the money issue is going to be a real problem and they don't have the windfall they did after going to the world series in 2016 to help them sign Encarnacion, who was going to be 36 years old and already took a big step back this year. Um, Oy vey. I mean, and they're going to win the division next year too. Like, I, I, I don't see anything on the horizon, really. I mean, see, that twins. sucks too. Having that same conversation, I want to care about the regular season and division. I mean, you're completely yeah, right. Well, they're going to win it by a million games again. But well, I, I mean, again, I the everything went super sideways for the Twins, and they could be good again. Maybe um, Tigers are going to be terrible. Royals are going to be terrible, and White Sox are going to be terrible. But like chances are they win the division, and, and like you said, we're we're gonna have the same exact conversations this winter, and go in again next year, and wait for October again, I guess, which is really stupid. <laughs> it's really, I mean, it was the same thing with the Cavs for so long. I'm, I'm not a huge Cavs fan, but mm-hmm. there was still the general feeling of the regular season. Who cares? The important part is getting to the playoffs and the championship. But at least they had LeBron James who could just drag them by the heels all the way to the. Right, but you can't really do that in baseball. Even as good as Francisco Lindor was for a couple of games, there's no like one player they have that's going to drag him all the way. So it's going to be another useless regular season where we'll just be sitting around bored, um, finding things to talk about while we wait for October, and hopefully we're not gone in three games again. And now the the worst part is now too we have a whole off season to worry about Jose Ramirez for the last two months was terrible. I think he had an OPS under 700 or or near near there. And he was 0 for 11 in you know in the in the, in the division series. So yeah. now, in addition to having no interesting conversations all winter, tune into our podcast every week <laughs> for more interesting conversations. <laughs> Where we won't have now, any interesting conversations. No, but seriously, like now we have Jose Ramirez to worry about. And I mean, there's the obviously the fun one we're both looking forward to, which is Yandy Diaz. And at mm-hmm. this point, now with so many things leaving. How are they going to find space to not play him? Basically, you know what I mean. Like, put him in left field or something. For God's sake, get him in the like. He has to play now. I, I, I guess at the very least, and that's the one of the silver, the two silver linings that is going in the offseason is we don't have a whole lot to worry about barring injury, and then Yandy Diaz has to play because what the hell else are we doing? Here? Yeah, that's going to be really frustrating if he doesn't. That's going to be. I mean, Jesus Aguilar, not Francisco Mejia, maybe. This will be like a third young player. I'm not going to sit here and worry about Francisco Mejia yet. All right, let's I'm just not saying it's that. the third young player in a row who was ready, and they just decided they want to keep veterans over him, and then one of them is an all-star, one of them hit two home runs in his debut and might be pretty good, and the other has ginormous biceps. So It also sucks I, that these trades like didn't really work out. Did Brad? I think Brad Hand didn't come into like the third game, right? And then, no, I, I think he only got yeah, – he, he, I don't think he threw in the first two games. No, and like – What's that is super frustrating. Meanwhile, Adam Simber threw in like every game, or yeah, Adam Simber. Yeah, no, I guess Brad Hand, Brad Hand did throw in the second game, but but again, that was after things were way out of control, anyway. So, yeah, and then of course we all have we we all have the the lasting memory of Josh Donaldson not coming not coming through in the in the single at bat that they traded for him for. <laughs> I mean, that you was know, it, right? I was I was half joking, but on no, Twitter, I thought, like the one at bat. That's the that's, whole that's, reason they made that trade. Yeah, you, you get the big bat for the big moment, and he that was literally the moment of the entire season, and all he did was, what did he do, just pop out to the like, second base or something like it was that? worthless, whatever he did, yeah. Boy, they, 
that's just going to be a fun trivia fact in a few years that one of those clickbait articles, can you believe these players were on these teams? It's going to be Josh Thompson <laughs> in an Indians uniform. Melky Cabrera in an Indians uniform. <laughs> no, we'll always remember that. Don't worry. That's an indelible mark in our head of him, him trying to dig a ball out stuck underneath the, the, the base of the fence. What an... <laughs> Oh, God. And then Donaldson also, there was one ball in the second game, which was a close game pretty much the whole way, that he should have let Jose Otube's hit go foul. Yeah. But he, like, tried to get it and came up at an awkward angle and just launched it over yonder Alonzo. Okay. I cannot get over how many lucky bounces the Astros got. In that, what was it, the seventh inning, I think, today, where mm-hmm. Bauer committed two errors and that swinging bunt by Springer, like... No, but you don't have the hours as a lucky bounce, do you? That's that's the other team being shitty. That's not luck for you. Well, it's I mean it's it's still luck. Like them them screwing up when, in a moment when they never screw up is is in a sense luck. It's still luck. Like just like uh, you know Altuve's hit not going foul and um, Donaldson over pursuing it and, and just you know air mailing it. Like the, the, these are not you know obviously it's it's an unforced error. Well, it's a is that an unfor- yeah, it's an unforced error by the by the Indians, but it's still a lucky break in in favor of the you know like I I I, I call a fumble still a lucky break in football even though even though it's something that often it is forced. Yeah, that's true. Like like I, I hope they didn't use all their luck up against the Indians because they used a buttload <laughs> of luck up against the Indians. And if you look at that beginning today where they had so many hits and scored all the runs, like almost every single hit was way out of the zone. Yeah, like they weren't even. No. Just meatballs. They were just hitting every single thing, and it was going far. They're so almost good. Really, there's nothing they could do. The Indians looked terrible, but there was also it's just a bad mm-hmm. combination of they looked bad, and there was nothing they could do against a really good team who seemed to be hitting everything. I mean, I think they're the best team in, in baseball still. Like even now, like their pitching staff is still absurd, and with so many guys taking a step back offensively, they still have an MVP candidate, and they still have a, a reigning MVP. And Carlos Correa is still very good, so. And the pitching They're staff. So, I mean, that's that's pretty much where it starts so, for them. The pitching staff is so stupid. I hate it. <laughs> How do you win? I mean, Verlander and Cole alone can win a World mm-hmm. Series. No, exactly. You pitch them game. Yeah, you pitch them games one, two, five, and six, and there you go. You, yeah, there you go. Have a have a have a championship. Thanks, and then guys. Also former Cy Young winner Kyle or Dallas Keuchel is just the third. I love winner. Dallas Keuchel. I'm not even gonna lie, man. He's what a throw. <laughs> like, what 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 an anachronism. Like. Sinker ballers are are, are are dead now because the sinker itself is dead because so many hitters are so good at hitting it. But he's so successful. I wrote an article like what was it now two years now ago about how no one throws more balls right on the edge of the zone than he does. Or this was in like twenty sixteen or seventeen or something like that. But he was just so good at just working just the edges of the zone. And when he's on, it's it's absurd. Like the way his, his it's like it's like a a starter's version of a slightly less hard throwing. Um, who's that reliever for the? the A's with that six sinker. Blake Trianon. Blake Trianon. Trianon? Oh, yeah. yeah. Trianon. Trianon. Whatever. I read <laughs> things, all right? I, I read and write. I don't I don't speak that much. <laughs> I don't listen to words. I, I watch Astros, or I watch A's games on mute, all right? It's, uh, <laughs> I do that while listening to classical music because I'm interesting. All right? So are you officially rooting for the Astros at this point? Are they your... I don't know. Not really. I mean, I, th- I think we ought to uh, root for the Brewers first, right? Of course, because yeah. beer. Uh, <laughs> and Jesus Aguilar and 
And also August Fagerstrom, who was one of their analysts who who covered the Indians for a while. He was really cool on Twitter. So there's a lot of reasons to like the Brewers, I think. They remind me a lot of the 2016 Indians, too. I thought he worked for the Phillies. Yeah, August Fagerstrom. You're thinking of probably Missy Perez, who used to work for the Indians? When she works no, I'm thinking. Uh, I, thought, I thought he got hired by the Phillies. Maybe, maybe then he later got hired by the I don't know. I just thought. <laughs> I thought, I thought, I thought. What do you want from me? <laughs> no, August Fagerstrom worked for the Brewers. It was, oh, I think, him. suspiciously close to after he joined them. They got Jesus Aguilar. Interesting. Very interesting. Right? And they also mm. traded for Christian Yelich and got Lorenzo Kane. Now they're going to mm. the Did all the moves I wanted the Indians to do. Interesting. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> and I think he also cut his hair, too. So, I mean, it's just betrayal all around. So yeah, well, Maybe I'm not rooting for the Brewers anymore. Maybe go Dodgers. Oh, gross. Nope. Well, that show's over. Click. <laughs> you don't like the Yankees, but cool in West Coast, guys. It's okay. <laughs> No, I want the I want the uh, Dodgers just to keep on just dominating, winning divisions, and constantly going to the division series or the or the championship series, and never winning the World Series ever again. And some weird Sisyphean, I don't know, hellscape where they just just the most tortured fan base is somehow the one that wins 106 games every year. <laughs> How many times have they won the division in a row now? Like five? Uh, I think six. It's last year was the most times. A team has won the division in a row without winning a World Series ever. And then they didn't win the World Series. So they're setting records, baby. So good for them. Is there any chance you think the Indians come close to that wonderful record? Um, At least they're winning the division that many times in a row. Um, They got, what, three in a row now? Mm -hmm. I mean, you figure they'll win next year, but after next year it gets really hairy. I mean, the pitching staff's still going to be there. You you don't know how things will develop, I guess, off yeah. the farm. Like, I, I assume eventually they're going to be able to figure out how to, how to make a relief pitcher after all these starting pitchers, eventually. Or maybe Corey Kluber's, like, swan song will, become, will be becoming a, just a lethal reliever or something like that in his last, like, year or two as a, as a pitcher for the Indians. You know, like John Smoltz. Yeah. Uh, like but. Which, by the way, Smoltz is awful in the booth. I cannot. I, you know, I, I, I so rarely listen to him, so. He's one I've of the benefited. the people who hates baseball, but for some reason still talks about it. Like it's who really. Who are these people? You know who, who's great is the guy. The guys who were doing the Indians games for TBS were fantastic. Um, Don Orsillo and uh, Dennis Eckersley. And, and Eckersley, they're fantastic. They're Not delightful. great in like a, a baseball analytical way, but as far as listening yeah. to them talk, oh yeah, yeah they're having a great time because because they work together all the time. Like I, I don't know why I don't do that more often. Like get a, you know, get crews like that. I don't. I don't think we talked about this last. Because I think it happened since last week, but uh, ESPN did their Statcast broadcast, yeah, and that was awesome. Because uh, they had uh, Mike Petriello, and then they had the guy who does the the play by play for the White Sox on TV. Um, I don't remember his name, but he's fantastic. And then the third guy also, but they were delightful. And the guy who does the White Sox on for, on TV is just I think I think he might be one of the best announcers in baseball right now. Yeah, like radio or or TV. It's, it was it was very nice to listen to them talk about. They didn't shoehorn, and that that's that's my one problem with any of those statistically heavy statistics heavy broadcasts is when they start shoehorning stuff in, they, and like, like they need to talk about it. But it was very organic because that, you can tell that guy. I, I, it's weird after watching White Sox games for so many years, broadcast by Hawk Harrelson, when you have a guy just casually citing fan graphs in the middle of a of a broadcast. Like, what the hell's going on here? And Steve Stone's like. Huh? <laughs> he's he's very baffled half the time. But you can tell he appreciates it a little bit. Yeah. No, I definitely don't need. I'm not like required to have stats and stuff, but I would rather have 
no stats than using bad stats is basically where I'm at now. Yeah, that's fair. Which is the same philosophy for like managers and stuff. I don't care if you're not, if you can manage and somehow make it work with your gut feelings and whatever, sure, fine, go for it. But like when Tito's using pitcher matchups to make decisions and some other things that he does, I don't, I'm not a big fan of it. But the same with announcers, I guess. If as long as they, I just want like announcers who like baseball. <laughs> Yeah, no, <laughs> that's that's all I want. Like the big stat guys, and the rest of them just hate everything now, and they want you to know how smart they are. And why well, played the game? This is why this is stupid. Yeah, but right. you were terrible. <laughs> like, or oh, good job, job. Yeah, so you're a Hall of Famer. That's cool. I don't care anymore because you keep on telling me that this is a bad thing. But he just hit a home <laughs> a ball 150 thousand feet. So yeah. they just won the World Series. I'm not sure if this is a bad thing or not. Yeah, I mean that's. Yeah, I mean, people complain about like Rick Manning and Matt Underwood, but I don't feel like they hate baseball, so I don't think they're terrible. They're silly, so I think that gets on people's nerves a lot that they're not the most analytical or I love them accurate announcers yeah. a lot of the times. But they're not, they're, they're, they're not great. <laughs> they're not great. <laughs> to the imagination, but they're fine. You know, it's, I think uh, Matt Underwood's pretty good. I think Rick Manning yeah. drags them down a little bit. My I don't favorite, think Rick don't is know. a very good yes ander. Like when they're trying to do anything, right. He's really bad at that. He just has his own talking points in mind, and he's going to use those. He doesn't care what Matt Underwood said. My my two favorite Rick Manning's Manningisms is just like, "Well, there you go," and he just describes <laughs> exactly what happened. You go, yeah. "Yes, there you do, there you do go." Or when uh, Underwood says anything, he goes, "Well, you're right," and he just goes off on some weird. Time. Well, now I did a Rick Manning soundboard, so there's something for me to do. You're the right. There you go. And there you go. Another run. And there, see, one, two, three strikes. There you go. That's a strikeout. And there you go. I love Rick Manning. His teeth are beautiful. <laughs> they are. They shine on TV. Shine like, like a diamond in the sun. Hey, what do we think of Trevor Bowers or Oliver? It's going great. I don't know what the hell. He just wasn't ready, I guess. I, I think he no. can be. I don't know if he wasn't healthy or I don't know. Those two. I would errors. like explanation. Did you, like, did you see him at all? Or were you just too no. busy getting beer or whatever? They were no, really I, bad. I think I was. I think I was still at work when that was happening, and I was just checking the game cast on my phone. And I just, as soon as it all went side, I just turned my phone off and outside. And I was like, <laughs> "What the?" <laughs> just staring off into space. Yeah. So the the pickoff to first, I don't know. It was such a weird motion the way he threw. Like I'm trying to. I, you can't see it now, but I'm doing like his arm was straight. Oh, I see. Okay, like, go on. Good. <laughs> like he just moved his forearm to throw it. Hmm. Put your elbow up and then just use your forearm. It was really weird. Uh, like he wasn't putting anything uh, into it. Uh, okay, I see. And then, <laughs> yes. And then the one at second base was just a complete airmail. I don't know what he was doing there. So I don't know how you get that bad at doing that kind of stuff. He better like, not have the goddamn yips. Like constant practice, and he was just out of it. But I weird. hate watching John Lester enough once every couple weeks when they're talking about how much he has the yips. I don't need a pitcher I watch him once every five days having the yips. Yeah, even like Clevenger, who's really good, and he's got a great pickoff move. He had a really right, bad right, throw right. too, and let um, what was that really annoying guy who did really good today? Tony Kemp. That's Marlon Gonzalez. Okay, <laughs> he yeah. let him get to second from a bad pitch. Who eventually Tony scored. Kemp was constantly advancing to second on my game cast yep, during pickoff wild pitch. Tony Kemp advances to second. I'm like again. <laughs> You also missed another really good thing in this awful disaster of a game was Edwin Encarnacion when he scored in the, I think it was bottom of the ninth. Uh-huh. So he was on third base and there was a wild pitch and he just didn't want to go. <laughs> he just stood there, but the Astros didn't bother throwing the ball. So we just looked around and slowly jogged in and everybody sarcastically cheered and he scored. <laughs> 
you got to look up the highlight on that because it's so ridiculous. Because it was, it was a really bad pitch, but nobody on the I Astros was going to like nine. I'm going to avoid baseball for. <laughs> that's like last year after the after the after the end of the series. I just didn't yeah. watch the entire championship series. I was like, this sucks. <laughs> I think I listened to some of the World Series. I still couldn't bring myself to watch. But this year doesn't feel like that. Like there's no collapse. That's the worst part. This really no. sucked at yeah. getting swept like this. But there was no hope. <laughs> like, that's true. I, I I tweeted that or something at the end of the game. I'm like, at least the Astros just, just cut them. Just just cut them down. Just immediately. Just, just right. smacked it immediately. Like, I, like, watching them just slowly fall apart against the Yankees, and especially being the Yankees last year was especially crippling. And not having to go through that again was at least some small, some small uh, blessing. Yeah. So I feel like in the first time in a couple years, because 2016, obviously it was over, but I would, I didn't want to think about baseball for a long time after that. But yeah. this year, I'll probably watch a little bit of the playoffs. It's, yeah. It just felt like the Indians were overmatched, which is more normal than going up by two against a team you looked really good against and then just shitting the bed completely. It really did shit that bed. <laughs> What's so Corey Kluber? Is, is this a conversation we're going to have now? Is this a, a, a thing we're going to have to talk about now? Like every like the next three years going into the playoffs, is Corey Kluber sucks, actually, it turns out. 2016 oh, that is. was a mirage. It's really unfortunate. Him and Jose Ramirez. Like Obviously, one game can change all that, but until it happens, yeah. that's all we're going to hear. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what Jose does next year. It's going to be, well, he can't hit in the playoffs, so who cares? I mean, it's poisoned no less than Clayton Kershaw. So I guess who are we to think that the Indians are any are any better? Anyone in the Indians is any better than Clayton Kershaw. So, yeah, like it, he had one of his best starts, like as a pitcher ever, uh, his last time out against the Braves. And until he does that for until he basically pulls a Corey Kluber plus Madison Bumgarner in the in the World Series back in what was it, 2014 or whatever. Everyone's going to just call him terrible. So I guess literally carrying a team to the brink of a championship and then falling apart because you're too tired is just not going to It doesn't matter. That's It's always hilarious to me that people think that's not going to happen, but that's entirely what – I mean, especially like local Cleveland media, that's all it's going to be. Yeah. Look, I don't live anywhere near there. I live in a place where <laughs> people don't even talk about baseball. Let's talk more about the Redskins. How does that sound? <laughs> and I, I tweeted out towards the end of the game that – like if if you thought Cleveland didn't care about the Indians before, now they got swept out of the ALDS, and also the Browns have Baker Mayfield and look like a real team. Oh, like no. they have no chance. No, that's it. This is this three year run here was their chance to you know re re ensconce themselves in the hearts and minds of Cleveland. Well, the Browns, although again the Browns still stink, so I don't know. Like they, they Pardon just... me, I think they won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the worst games I've ever seen. I don't do televised here because I because I get all Ravens games. That was dreadful. They also lost to the Raiders, who played one of the worst games I've ever seen. Also on Sunday, well, so if they called fumbles. Maybe that wouldn't happen if they placed the ball right. Maybe they would beat the Raiders. I don't know. Okay, fine. I guess I have to send you all these pictures I have. Freeze <laughs> My document entitled Raiders Defenses that I have to send to anyone who besmirches the Raider uh, the greatness. <laughs> It's really sad that now I'm looking forward to watching the Browns. Now that yeah, you, yeah, you suck, man. That's too bad. It's really. Uh, yeah, it's all right. I there's always sort of a sense of relief since I've been covering baseball when it's over. Like, I get nights back now. That's cool. But I'd like for once that sense of relief to be to come nice. after the feeling of winning a champ. Yeah, to feel nice. Right. Right. Instead of well, shit, that suck. Now I'll, I guess I'll just go do other things. Like I can watch movies now. Red Dead Redemption Two comes out yeah. at the end of the year or end of the month, so I got that coming to look forward to. I got a lot of things backed up, and then like Assassin's Creed's going to be next. 
So, no. I mean, I do like that I have time to do things now. It's kind of cool. I, re- I, really I reiterate, like... I reiterate uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 comes out at the end of the month. So, <laughs> I tried to play MLB the show and I got overworked today. I was like, what am I fucking doing? And I just put it down and walked away. <laughs> I started reading a book I've never read before. So, I got that going on for me. Ew, gross. No. 100 Years of Solitude by Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Oh. I'm fancy. Well, you are. Well, not really. I haven't finished it. I'm, I'm like 40 pages <laughs> in. I'm not yet fancy. It is always a weird, isn't it? Like, since you've been following baseball to the point where you have to write about it and follow it every night, like, do you get that feeling of, I have so much free time now? No, definitely. I said that to my wife earlier. I was like, well, I guess we get to do things again. She's like, oh, thank God. Yeah, <laughs> she right. That, it seems like every June or July when she realizes that we're watching baseball for yet another night, she goes, I hate this sometimes, you know. I'm like, oh, you know, honestly, sometimes I do too. <laughs> exactly. Just... Especially this season. Sometimes like those, I do too. Those, those, those Thursdays where they had the, they, they had an off day, I was like, oh, cool. I don't have to write an article and I don't have to watch baseball. <laughs> I might still watch some baseball, but I mean, I don't have to. So, yeah. got that going on for me. I don't know how those, those slackers that cover like football teams for talks by nature or whatever you have to watch a game once a week and then just yeah right seven days and get like three times as much traffic whatever people yeah jerks we sacrifice or, or, or actual professionals who are, who are pro football uh, writers <laughs> yeah i'm just sitting out like kind of writing and complaining about it but <laughs> exactly like you know, if a game goes too late i just go to bed <laughs> yeah. while they're at the stadium for like an hour after guys who actually cover the browns or the you know like like some of these guys are some of my favorite. Like, there's a guy who covers the Raiders. Who he writes for the Athletic now, so I can't read any of his work. But you know, he's still one of the greatest reporters I've ever seen. But what does he do all week? <laughs> he covers football and he covers boxing. So like, he goes to Vegas on the on Saturday night and covers the Raiders on Sunday. What a perfect life! <laughs> I don't he know about covering the Raiders is any kind of perfect, but well, you know, it's, you're still you're still watching football. The other team could be good. <sighs> so, any final thoughts on? Whatever the hell that was. Or we just call it a night and maybe come back next week. Maybe go jump into a cliff. I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I had some tweets here I wanted to look at. They all depressed me. I have to say, I really appreciate a man named Jordan Bastian. I think I think he is maybe the greatest beat reporter in all of baseball. You sometimes wonder about some of these guys only because they're like, you know, they're, they're, they work for the team ostensibly because they work for MLB.com. But he's very straight down the middle. I, you never catch any real bias from him, I guess. I think the Indians uh, are really spoiled with all the people they have. Oh, yeah, because before him, they had Anthony Castrovins, who was, again, a d- total delight. And now he's just like a national reporter. So now they got Bastion, who's fantastic, too. Who, they like got the athletic the, crew now. And By the way, Bastion came from now, the Blue Jays, too, which is I think, kind of funny. Yeah, um, yeah, all, yeah, all the guys were for the athletic, uh, Sawchick and uh, Mizell and... Really, everyone except the people who, who write for Cleveland.com pretty much are all fantastic. <laughs> Not that I don't like Paul Hoynes. I enjoy his, his existence. But yeah, he seems like a really nice guy. I just don't want to read his Oh, sure. No, you know, I, I, even, I even like his baseball. It's good to have one curmudgeon amid all the people who really love it. But you don't want that people that person being the one who's talking to you the most about it. I think right. it's a real key. Right. Coming back to our Smoltz point of what the hell are you doing trying to ruin the sport? <laughs> and the Indians also have Andre Knott too, who I think is probably one of the best. He's not going to mm-hmm. last; like he's going somewhere eventually, which yes. makes me sad. He's yeah. too good to be stuck just covering one baseball team. 
Let's see. That was a 95-mile-an-hour fastball that Gonzalez went up and got sliced down the left field line. It was 4.22 feet off the ground, the high, second highest pitch he's ever hit. Let's see. Anything, any other good nuggets? <laughs> any other depressing uh, things before we go? Oh, here's a good one. Um, first six innings versus Clevenger and Bauer. Four for 22, one run. Next three innings versus Bauer, Miller, Allen, Hand, and Simber. Nine for 19 and 10 runs. Oh, my stomach hurts. I, Adam Simber needs to learn another pitch. <laughs> <laughs> something else he needs a third thing you know he needs to learn a slider because what you got right now does he have a slider right now yeah does he have a change up one of the two what's he who's he good against he's good against righties he needs to learn a change up yeah okay just so get lefties out he needs hit 144 with six runs in ALDS two runs via Lindor solo homers two runs via wild pitch one via sack fly and one via ground out wait what in other news, that seems wrong. Destroying the Yankees. That's kind of good. <laughs> I hate the Yankees. <laughs> you don't even live in New York. I live in New York. You want to talk about hating the Yankees? I grew up in Connecticut. All right. What? <laughs> Not even New York. It's like Red Sox territory. Uh, it was mostly Yankees stuff. It was. It was more on the other side. A couple of Mets fans. They were nice. Seems like Mets and there's always like Mets and Jets are tied together, and then there's the Giants mm-hmm. and the Nets too. This guy was also a Nets fan. He was very sad about sports, no matter what. <laughs> yeah, that's like the the B team of New York. I think is the Nets, the Mets, and the Jets. Well, they all rhyme. Mm-hmm. I never noticed that. Before. No, I know it's crazy out there. And then of course you have the Islanders, which also doesn't rhyme, but you know whatever. <laughs> and the Islandettes. And the island and the Islets. The Islets. You know the things at the very end of a shoelace. The Islet. Yeah. <laughs> those things all right man we'll see uh are we maybe done maybe we'll do every other week i'm not sure yet for the off season i guess it depends no, on what we talk about i just keep on doing it every week and we'll talk about other stuff too yeah sure i don't think people don't mind they're they're here for us Merritt. they don't care about baseball. yeah 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 exactly we, it, it, it's about the personalities right matt these exciting you know? personalities you know it's a podcast we're, we're like they're friends that we they, they never get to talk to the, everybody listening, you can, you can talk to me while we're talking. I won't. You can just yeah, I mean, merit can t- somehow. If you can find a way to like mute the merit track, I'll, I'll put it out of like a me only track, and then people can just talk to me. And then <laughs> maybe over the off season, what we'll do is we'll develop a third character named I don't know Carl. And every few minutes, we'll just pause and say, "What do you think, Carl?" And we'll just won't say anything for thirty seconds or so. And that can be you, the listener, time to chip it, to uh, chime I'm in. Sure, be like, "Whoa, Carl, what was that? Oh, no. You can't say that on a podcast." Uh, mute him. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Anyway, talk to you next week, Mary. So long. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.